Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Are you ready to receive the Word of the Lord today? Praise God. Praise God. We have been talking about knowing Jesus. We have jumped into this summer series and... Uh, and I am so excited about this because, you know, I, I began to dig into something like this in preparation for it, and the Spirit of God just starts opening up, you know, just and, and downloading uh, revelation in, into my heart. And I start seeing things in Scripture that I haven't ever seen before. It was there the whole time. It was there last time I read it, but I didn't see it, you know. And uh, so God is just... is is opening up some things. And see, one of the things that as we study God's Word, that God begins to do in our lives is He starts to take a Scripture over here and connect it to a Scripture over here and put Scriptures together that we didn't ever know went together. Praise God. You know, we can read this like a novel and, and, and uh, um, you know, just read it in this continuous page after page after page, and just read it like a novel, but you see, the Bible is not a novel. The Bible is a revelation, praise God. It is a revelation from Genesis all the way through Revelation. In fact, we could have called the whole thing Revelation. Because it's all a revelation of Jesus. Now, only the last book of the Bible is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. And some people read the revelation of Jesus Christ and think it's a revelation of the end times. Although it talks about the end times, it's, it clearly states at the very beginning of the book of Revelation, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And so every book of the Bible, every page of your Bible, every word in your Bible is a revelation of Jesus. Now, I've got a lot of revelation of Jesus out of my Bible, but there is a whole lot more revelation in there that I have not dug out yet. And so I'm continuing to dig and to dig and to dig to know him because the most important thing I can know is him. You know, if I need healing in my body, the most important thing I can know is the healer. If I need provision in my life, the best thing, the most important thing I can know is the provider. Praise God. If I have... Um, chaos in my life, the most important thing I can know is the Lord, my peace. You know, if I'm struggling with, with sin in my life, most important thing I can know is the Lord, my righteousness. Praise God. And so it's important that we know Jesus. And so we have dug into and jumped into this summer series on knowing Jesus. And uh, the passage that the Lord has Put in my heart comes from First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number sixteen. Now, we're all familiar with chapter seventeen or verse seventeen, not chapter seven, uh, verse seventeen of that chapter that says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. And so on, and we, we're familiar with that, but very, very, very few times do we hear verse number 16. Everybody starts with 17. 
but verse 16 is important. It says, therefore, from now on, from now on, that's, that, when is that? When does that start? Right now, right this moment. He says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have, that's past tense, right? We have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus, that means we don't know him in the same way that we just talked about any longer. We know him thus no longer. We don't know him according to the flesh any longer. Now, I grew up in church, and growing up in church, we studied in Sunday school class the stories of Jesus. We studied all the things that Jesus did, the, the miracles that he worked. We, we uh, studied that he was the healer, that he walked on water, that he turned water into wine, that he fed multitudes from just a handful of food. And, uh, you know, and, and all these things about Jesus. And we studied the, and, and talked about that, you know, that he, he loved. We remember singing, Jesus loves the little children, you know. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. You know, we talked about uh, that, you know, all of these aspects of Jesus. But all of that was knowing him according to the flesh. Now, I'm not diminishing the importance of that because, as I'm going to show you, you can't go on and know him by the Spirit or according to the Spirit until you've known him according to the flesh. you got to know him according to the flesh first. Praise God. And so we, we don't want to diminish that, but we've got to move beyond that. We've been talking all this year about maturing, and maturing means that we are stepping into another level. We're stepping into a higher level. To know him according to the flesh is one level, but to know him according to the spirit is a higher level of knowledge of Jesus. Praise God. And it is the knowledge of Jesus that will change your life. Praise God. You see, when you know him according to the flesh, it's a good thing. You know, we try to try to be like Jesus. We, we try to imitate what Jesus did. We try, you know, and but the sad thing is most Christians have never moved beyond knowing him according to the flesh. But we've got to come to this place where we know him according to the spirit. You see, we, we ask the question many times, you know, okay, when, when problems and trouble is happening, well, where was God in this? Where, you know, God, when this was going on, where were you in my life? Well, he was there, but you didn't know him according to the spirit. You only knew him according to the flesh. You see, let me, let me just give you some examples of what it would mean to know him according to the flesh. To know him according to the flesh is wanting him to show up to come and do something for you. See, here's what Paul said in, in uh, Romans chapter 10. I believe it's verse number 8. He says that, uh, you know, don't say... In your heart, who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above? Well, he came down from above, but that was according to the flesh because he came as a baby in a manger. So he came down and, and we knew him according to the flesh. He says, don't say who will bring him down from above. He already came down from above. Don't say who will descend into the abyss to bring Christ up from, from, from the dead. Why? Because he already did that, and that would be knowing him according to the flesh because he was raised, he died physically. You know, Jesus didn't just die spiritually. He died physically. Praise God. And he died physically, but he also rose from the dead physically. So we knew him 
according to the flesh. When Jesus led his disciples out on the Mount of Olives and he gave them the last instructions before he went back to heaven, he ascended into heaven in bodily form according to the flesh. Praise God. Now the scripture also says that he will so come in like manner as you see him go away. So he will come back according to the flesh. Right? Because he's coming back in the same manner in which we saw him go away. So if you're looking for a soon coming king, a soon coming Jesus coming in the clouds of glory, he's coming physically. He's coming according to the flesh. But right now, he is seated according to the flesh in heavenly places. He's seated at the right hand of the Father according to the flesh. There is a flesh and bone man seated at the right hand of the Father. We know him according to the flesh. But there is another level that we need to know him on, and that is what Jesus said, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. He said, but if I go away, I will pray the Father, and he will send you another comforter. That is one exactly identical to me. He's going to send him to you, and he will abide with you and in you. Now, according to the flesh, Jesus could only be with you. He could not be in you. Now, let me explain that. You know, when, when he said we will come and make our home in him, talking about those who, who, who love me, those who, who, who believe on me, he said, you know, we will come and make our home in him. Now, Picture this. Remember when, when Nicodemus came to Jesus and Jesus said, you know, Nicodemus wanted to know what, what can I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand that. Nicodemus said, okay, so how is that possible that I can be born again? Can I enter the second time in my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, no, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, you know. And so he said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Praise God. So we think sometimes, well, that was a dumb question, Nicodemus. You know, can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Well, think of it this way. When Jesus said, we will come and we will make our home with you and in you, we will be in you was a six foot, 180 pound Jesus going to somehow crawl inside you? You know, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's not what he was talking about. You know, that's not what he was talking about to Nicodemus. And that's not what he was talking about when he said he would come and make his home in us. He wasn't talking about, you know, however big Jesus was getting on the inside of your body. No, he, there was something that would take place. The Holy Spirit would come. Now, here, here's the essence of Holy Spirit. When God created man from the dust of the earth, he breathed into him the breath of life. And the breath there is, can tr be translated as the spirit of life. He breathed into man the spirit of life and he became a living being. Now, here's the thing that we need to understand. When Jesus rose from the dead and he encountered his disciples on the road, the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit went into them, praise God. And Holy Spirit, the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one place in one accord, and it says there appeared, there, there, suddenly there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. This is Acts chapter 2. It says it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire that sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It was something that took place spiritually that day. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that empowered Jesus to do what he did, the same spirit that was anointing Jesus, the same spirit that was with him that empowered him to do everything he did, that same spirit entered into you. Praise God. This is why Jesus said that the works I do shall you do also because the same spirit that empowered him to do it now dwells on the inside of you and empowers you. Praise God. We know him no longer according to the flesh. Because if we knew him according to the flesh, we would have to wait like in John chapter 11 when Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus died and they went and found Jesus and Jesus came and they said to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, that's the, the aspect of knowing him according to the flesh. This is why, you know, well, are we waiting for Jesus to come do something? Are we waiting for him to be here so that something can happen? But he dwells in you, praise God. That's knowing him according to the Spirit. Praise God. Now, let, let's go on here. He said, we don't know him according to the flesh any longer. But then Jesus said in John chapter 14, and I, I hit on this last week, so I'm going to hit it real quick today just to, just to get us in the flow of, uh, of things. Uh, but in John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then, almost without taking a breath, he said, I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, but I know you're going to need help to do it. See, here's what, how we have to know him. We have to know that he has come to help us, to empower us, and he dwells in us to empower us. Praise God. He said, I'm going to, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send you somebody to help you. Praise God. Praise God. And it says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now notice here that he says he is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Whom the world cannot receive. Now, we understand this, and we've preached this for, for decades, probably centuries, that we, maybe even millenniums, that we have preached this, that uh, the world cannot receive and we refer to the baptism with the Holy Spirit that unbelievers cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The prerequisite to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you must first of all be saved. You must first of all be born again. And that is true. There, there is nothing wrong with that statement. There is nothing wrong with that understanding. But there's something more. There's something more. Let's look for the something more here. It says that the reason the world cannot receive him is because it neither sees him or knows him. Neither sees him or knows him. What is he saying about that? What the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. Now, the world 
cannot receive Holy Spirit in this aspect that Jesus is talking about because it cannot see him. In other words, it escapes the physical senses. It cannot, the world cannot see him. The world cannot enter, anybody ever hear people say, well, if I see it, I'll believe it. And then faith people say, well, if you believe it, you'll see it. Okay? And, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's true too. If you believe it, you'll see it. But here's the, here's the aspect of that that we're wanting to focus in on today is the reason that the world cannot receive him is because it does not see him. They cannot contact him with their physical senses. They, they must see Jesus before they can receive Jesus. Now, I made this statement in, in, in the beginning here today. I said that, um, you know, that, that we're going to show why you must know him according to the flesh first. Now, how does the world, how, if, you, if they can't receive him until they see him, how is anybody ever going to be saved? How are they ever going to see him? Well, God's got a solution to that problem. Praise God. Why? Because Holy Spirit the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that anointed him to do the great and mighty works that he did, the same spirit that rested upon him now dwells in you. So when they see you according to the flesh, they can see Jesus according to the flesh. Praise God. So in the world today, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, but you are here and you embody the same spirit that, that he embodied when he was here. So when the world can see Jesus in you, they can see with their eyes Jesus. You get that? You see that? Now, let's look at this. 1 John chapter 3. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. When? Now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, the transformation process that is happening in your life is not finished yet has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Now, we read that for many years and we thought, okay, when Jesus comes back and we see him with our physical eyes, we see Jesus, then we're going to realize, oh, wow, we're just like him. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Beloved, now we are the children of God. We're not waiting for that to happen. That's, that's present tense. And it has not yet, so there's something to come, been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when... He is revealed. He didn't say when he comes back. You realize you don't have to wait until he comes back for him to be revealed. Jesus can be revealed to you and in you before he comes back. Now he's coming back, but... I don't have to wait till that time when he is revealed. How is Jesus revealed to me? On the pages of my Bible. By the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of me. Praise God. But we know that when he is revealed, 
we shall see or we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. You see, every time I see Jesus a little more clearer in the scriptures, there's revelation that's taking place. And when revelation is taking place on the inside of me, now I am seeing him more clearly. Praise God. And when he is revealed, the revelation transforms me. See, because the scripture says it this way, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So as I am, be, as I am seeing him in the scriptures, he's being revealed to me. As I am seeing him in the scriptures, praise God, uh, the, the process of revelation in my life, the process of Jesus being revealed to me causes me to be like him. So now let's quote that scripture again. But we know that when we see him, we shall be like him. It's not that I'm like him and then one day I see him and, oh, okay, I'm like him. No, it is when I see him, the revelation causes me to be like him. Praise God. The revelation of Jesus causes me to be like Jesus. Doesn't that fit with uh, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love? You know? I mean, I mean do, do you see that? If, if I know Love, I know God, and if I know God, I will love. So he who does not love, it's because he doesn't know God. He who is not changed into the image of Christ, the reason they have not been changed into the image of Christ is because they have not seen him. They have not received that revelation of him, how he is. It says, we shall be like him for, or we could say because, because we shall see him as he is. Praise God. Your Bible reveals him how he is. Praise God. How he is. Your grandma might not reveal him as he is. So if you're relying on what grandma told you, you might not see him as he is. If you're relying upon how the preacher told you he is, you know, there are some in my profession that they can't reveal him to you how he is because they don't even know him how he is. There are some in my profession that what they're revealing is not how he is. You know, there are some that they need to get a revelation of Jesus themselves so they can begin to reveal him as he is. Praise God. Now, if you're relying on any, you know, that, that Christian that you work next to in, in the, in, at the desk next to you or in the, in the shop next to you at your workplace, you're, you're relying on that Christian to reveal him as he is. You might be in trouble because they may not know him as he is. And so you've got to rely on the one reliable thing, the one reliable revelation, which is God's eternal, unchangeable word. Because that word is your only revelation of Jesus that is 100% accurate. You know, I do the best I know how to do 
to paint the clearest picture of Jesus that I can possibly paint for you. But you know what? My revelation's not complete. I still have some things to learn. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint the clearest picture that I can for you. But don't rely on what I reveal to you. Go to your Bible and read what the Bible says because it is the only complete, 100% accurate revelation of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. When he is revealed, we shall be like him because it is then that we see him as he really is. And the revelation process will transform your life. Praise God. Now, don't get frustrated. Don't get frustrated with the world because they can't receive the things of God. You know, I mean, sometimes, well, I told them, and they just, you know, they, they didn't understand, they didn't care, they weren't interested, you know. Don't get frustrated with the world over that. Remember yourself, there was a day when, yeah, you didn't really want to hear it either. There was a day when you couldn't really receive it either. There was a thing, there, there, there was a time in your life when you couldn't comprehend why, you know, all these, these uh, I, I just don't understand why these people go to that church, why they're, you know, why they're there every week. Some Christians still don't understand why you're here every week. Maybe if they would be here every week, they would start to understand. Praise God. I say it's the truth. Now, let's look at this. The world, they rely on seeing Jesus in you because they can't see him according to the Spirit. So they rely on seeing Jesus in you. Now, that says a lot for why we need to live right so they can see Jesus in us. You see, it's not about, we, we've gotten so, do you realize this, that every Every move of God, every revelation of God that the church has stepped into, every single one of them without fail has ended up with some flaws and some faults. That's why we need another one. That's why we need some, some deeper revelation. That's why we need to move on into the next revelation of God, not to throw out the old one, but to build upon it because our revelation isn't wrong, it's incomplete. Praise God. You know, there are things I learned in my past that, you know, it was incomplete. It was an incomplete revelation. So I've moved into some more revelation and built it. See, when you start to build things, you know, you start to understand it better and you begin to build this line upon that line and this precept upon that precept and here a little and there a little and you continue to grow in your revelation. So, you know, here's what we need to understand that, that um, you know, when, when the world can't receive uh, because it doesn't see him or knows him, but... Here's why we need to live our life in such a way that they can see Jesus through us. We're not talking about the world has been so hung up on, well, can I do this and can I, I say the world, actually Christians have been hung up on this. You know, can I do this and still go to heaven? Well, my Lord, if that's the only thing that you're concerned about, you know, you are at the very, very, very beginning. You know, Scripture says, talks about some, it says, by, by now you ought to have been teachers. But you need somebody to teach you again the first principles, the elementary principles of the faith. Praise God. By now you should be teachers. If, if all you're concerned about is can I do that and go to heaven? Can I do that and still get my needs met? 
can I do that and still be okay with God? We, we still be all right. We still be cool. If that's your biggest concern, you're still at the very beginning. There is so much more that you need to walk into. And the primary reason, you know, I love something that my pastor taught me many, many years ago. He taught me, he said, there is a difference between why God saved you and why God left you here on this earth after he saved you. Big difference. The reason he saved you was so he could have fellowship with you. Because he loves you. He wants to have fellowship with you. But the reason he left you here, and he used to say it this way, the reason he saved you was to worship him, but the reason he left you here on earth is to seek and to save that which was lost. He saved you because he loves you. He left you here because he loves them. Get that? That would be a good one for you to, to, to memorize. The reason he saved you is because he loves you. The reason he left you here after he saved you, I mean, he could have just taken you on to heaven and everything would be good. Let's just go on to heaven and, and we'll, won't it be wonderful there? Having no burdens to bear. You know, he could have just taken you on to heaven, but he left you here because he loves them. Saved you because he loves you. He left you here because he loves them. But if leaving you here doesn't result in reaching them, you know, should he have just taken you on to heaven? Uh, you know, probably not because if, if he should have, he would have. So I'm going to say no, but, uh, you know, what I, what I want you to understand is that he left you here for a purpose, and it's because he loves the world. God so loved the world. Praise God. People say, well, you can't love God and love the world. Why not? He loves the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Praise God. That doesn't mean he loves the way the world is and that he loves the world system and that he that, that's not what that means but he loves the people of the world praise god now you know and that goes with the the little song that i was quoting from jesus loves the little children all the children of the world and then it goes in and says red and yellow black and white they are precious in his sight jesus loves the children of the world Praise God. He loves them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, it wasn't only us he loved. Praise God. And only you. Wasn't only me. He loves them all. And he wants them all. Praise God. Now, here's what Paul says in Ephesians 5. He is comparing the relationship of Christ and the church to the relationship between husband and wife. And here's what he says in Ephesians 5, verse number 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. We are members of his what? Body and of his flesh and of his bones. So, if the world can't know Jesus according to the Spirit, they have to know him first according to the flesh. How are they going to know him according to the flesh? You are members of his body, flesh. You're members of his flesh. So if they know you, they can know him according to the flesh. Praise God. We're members of his body. We're members of his flesh and of his bones. Now, the world can see him according to the flesh. Praise God. Now, in, in John 17, 
verse number 20. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Who's the there? You. He says, that they may believe, not according to his word, no, according to your word. They've got to believe through your word. Now, in order for that to happen, you got to make sure that your word is the same as his word, right? But they're going to believe not because he speaks to them, they're going to believe because you speak to them. They're going to believe through your word. Praise God. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Praise God. How are they going to believe that God sent Jesus through your word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians, let me see how I'm doing on time. I'm doing all right, I think. Anyway, we're, remember we're not concerned about that. That's, that's habit. That, you know, okay. That's, that, that's habit. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number um, verse number six. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Notice what he said. We Remember the theme that we've been talking about all year is maturing the church? maturing the body of Christ. He says, however we speak wisdom among those who are mature. We speak wisdom among those who are mature. Praise God. So in other words, he's about to give us some wisdom that is for the mature. Hallelujah. You know, if I'm wanting to mature, then I want the wisdom that belongs to those who are mature. Praise God. So then he says, it's not the wisdom of, of, of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. My goodness, if you live according to the wisdom of this age and the rulers of this age, there is such foolishness coming from the, the, the I start saying, the, the leaders, I almost said losers, but uh, uh, that I really did not mean to say that. It was a slip of the, came off, almost came off the tongue that way. Uh, I, I was not calling anybody a loser, all right? But, uh, uh, but if we're listening to the wisdom of the leaders of this age, the rulers of this age, if we're listening to that wisdom, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Because I'm telling you, they're messed up. And then he says, in verse number seven, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. We are talking about the wisdom of of God, which God hid for you to bring you into his glorious purpose. Praise God. God hid this wisdom, not from you, but for you. So why did he need to hide it? He goes on to explain, for had the rulers of the darkness of this age known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Because they knew this wisdom was their demise. Praise God. And so had they known this wisdom, they would not have crucified Jesus. And if they hadn't crucified Jesus, then you wouldn't be saved today. Praise God. Now, 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, tells us where the wisdom is hidden, which explains why the world can't receive this wisdom. He says, Colossians 2, verse number 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, if you back up one verse, you see that he's talking about in Christ. Is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all in him. Praise God. Then, then he goes on and he says, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, he says, but of him you are. Everybody say this, say, I am of him. Of him you are. Of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. He became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He became all that for you. Praise God. Now, see, if you could understand that according to the flesh, then the devil could have understood it too. That's why it had to be hidden. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8. said, had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, verse number 9 goes on and it reads this way. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. There are things that have been prepared for you. Praise God. But here's what he says. It didn't enter into your heart by the five physical senses. Didn't enter by the sight, didn't enter by the ear, didn't enter by the taste, touch, or smell. Praise God. The things that God has prepared for you has been revealed spirit to spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Eye has not seen nor ear heard. And that's not how it entered into the heart of man. But it entered in as it was revealed to you by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you trying to see it with the according to the flesh? You got to know Him according to the Spirit. Spirit to Spirit, that's how things are revealed. Spirit to Spirit. You got to know Him according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. If you could. If you could receive this stuff by knowing him according to the flesh, then you would have been able to receive it with the eye. You would have been able to see it, uh, to, to understand it with the ear, to receive it with the ear. You know, if you could have smelled it, it would have been according to the flesh, right? If you could have tasted it, it would have been according to the flesh. But it wasn't according to the flesh. It was revealed spirit. To spirit. Now, Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read this out of the Amplified Classic Edition. This is a, a passage that we, we're familiar with. Uh, New King James says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, but in the uh, Amplified Classic Edition, it reads this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Now get this last phrase here. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Praise God. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses, to the eye, to 
to the ear. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's not revealed to the senses. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I've alluded to this scripture and referred to this scripture many times this year. Paul says, verse number 11, 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He says, a child only understands according to the senses. Child understands, my tummy says I'm hungry. You know, I'm uncomfortable. I need this, I need that. They, they only understand according to the senses. They understand love according to the senses. You know, they, they, they can sense with their physical senses that you love them. They can also sense if the opposite of that. But a child can only understand things according to the senses. But Paul says, I put away childish things. I started understanding things on a deeper level. I came to know Christ not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Praise God. Now, in, in this period of time, between the time Jesus ascended back to heaven and the time he comes back again, there is a time when we know him. And we, we can know uh, of all the things that we've been told about, about him that's according to the flesh. But we can know him according to the spirit because he dwells with you and will be in you by the person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we wanna hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I wanna encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love